Uh, we're going to be, I, I need a volunteer from the audience. Uh, Chris, I choose you. Uh, <laughs> I love spontaneity, don't you? Uh, so, yeah, you can come on up here. Not too close, please. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, gonna be talking this morning about money and possessions and its proper context in the, uh, the life of a Christian and the issue of contentment with what we have. Um, so I'm not going to talk about tithing or anything like that, but, uh, but, but you know, uh, I, I do this unapologetically. You know, the Scripture references money and possessions like over 2,000 times throughout the Bible. And, and depending on how you count, somewhere between like 28 and 40-some-odd percent of the parables that Jesus used were, uh, he referenced money. Now, they weren't all about money. He was talking about more important things than money, but he used something that we could identify with and uh, to, to do his teaching. And, and uh, sometimes it pertained to money and sometimes it pertained to kingdom issues that, that we could relate to through our understanding of money. So we're going we're gonna to go that direction, uh, and I'm going to begin with this, uh, this. Chris, you know, Chris, would you tell me what's in there, please? Money. Yeah, okay, what, what is it? A $10 bill. Does it look like a normal, nothing, nothing wrong with it? Okay, all right, would you fold the envelope in hand, fold it one more time? No, 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 the other, the other way. No, I'm just kidding, I don't care. <laughs> all right. Uh, can I hold this? And uh, is it okay if I use a scarf? Yeah. Okay, I'm using this scarf with permission. Uh, watch closely. Uh, see, I'm supposed to create a distraction now. <laughs> Look at that. Okay. <laughs> now, tell me what's inside. $10 bill. I just magically changed that from my $10 bill to your $10 bill. <laughs> How about that? Don't leave. I have a question for you. Uh, is that enough? Enough for what? I knew you were going to ask that. I'm the one asking the questions here. Is it enough? That's a yes or no question. <laughs> yes. It's enough. Uh, would you like more? Yes. Uh, do you think you deserve more? No. Probably. Okay. How much more would you like? <laughs> That's another question. You can't ask questions. Is that <laughs> uh, an unlimited amount. Unlimited. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, Does that have to be finite? Uh, no. You can yeah. you can answer however you want to. You just can't ask questions. <laughs> okay. So, so how uh, and you felt like you deserve just is that more than you had when you got here? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, let's give Chris a hand. Thank you, Chris. You don't have to listen. You can take the money. You can. No, you can have it. It's yours, honestly. You can have it until you get to your seat and she takes it from you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so thank you for volunteering. And um, we, like I said, this is church, so we're going to look at Scripture, see what Scripture has to say about money. I knew right away when Jesse asked me to speak what I needed to talk about and what what verses? Uh, he 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 told me just talk about what's on what God's been teaching you and what's on your heart. So I knew immediately where to go. What I didn't expect is kind of a twist in the plot as I was preparing. Uh, so just bear with me, and I'll, I'll kind of take you through the kind of the journey I went through. So we're going to look at several verses. Uh, the first of those is very familiar, one you probably might expect. Matthew six uh, talks about our possessions, what we have, uh, particularly addresses the issue of worry. Um, 
does uh, does anyone ever worry in here? I uh, see some nods. So yeah, I'm thinking to you. Okay, well, don't do that anymore. Okay, now we'll move on to the next topic. We got that one solved. Uh, so, but he t- he makes a case for the issues around war. So I got a little checklist here. We'll read through this and and uh, and so I'll read from here. Uh, so Matthew six twenty five says, "Therefore I'll tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing?" So when we do worry or when we're anxious about that, it, it indicates a lack of uh, perspective that life is really bigger than the things that we're worrying about. Uh, you may create a different list. This will be mine, but if you if you can buy into that, you know. So worry, first of all, creates a lack of uh, indicates a lack of perspective. It also is wasted energy. He says, "Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they?" And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single uh, hour to his lifespan? So it does us no good. I mean, um, we consume the energy to do it. It's arguably not only unproductive, but it's counterproductive. We can't be focused on the things that we can do something about while we're consumed in our thoughts, but the things that, that, that worry is not going not gonna to change. It says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And he just kind of gets in their face and says, Oh, you little faith. I mean, he goes right to name calling here, right? Oh, you have little faith. So uh, according to that statement, worries an indication of a lack of faith. And then he goes on to say, therefore, excuse me, uh, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So it's kind of a suggesting there that, you know, even the pagans, even the Gentiles uh pursue those things. So it's, it just sort of indicates that when we do that, we have sort of a worldview as opposed to a, a view like God has on, on our possessions. And then he does a great thing. He kind of redirects us, right, away from worry to something else. So I, I liken this to like a, a child playing with your phone. You don't want him to play, a little child, you don't want him to play with your phone. You take the phone, you get out the keys because they're shiny and fun too. So, so he kind of redirects us and gives something in place of worry to turn our attention to. And he says, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I, I, uh, I've got a little diagram here. Soccer may not be your sport, but I'm going to go with that one because it's got, because the court is simple and, uh, and uh, so, so, uh, so I'm going I'm to just grab some things from scripture and we're, I'm going to put them on the sideline to indicate that those are out of bounds, right? We all agree worry's out of bounds. So the playing field that we're supposed to be on, it excludes that. Um, if your sport is something else, just use your imagination and uh, we'll go from there. But so worry uh, is out. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little story and then we'll, uh, I'm going to pick back up on another verse. Uh, I enjoy running, uh, which uh, I know some of you get that and some of you I might as well have said, I enjoy root canals. 
because uh, that's about what you equate or scratching my finger on the chalkboard or, you know, uh, so, but it's something I do. I got into a long time ago, just doing it kind of socially and casually, not very far, not very often, but kind of got into it regularly. I don't know, 20 years ago or so. And, um, it, it, it uh, I kind of what I like about it, you know, I like the, you know, clear my head. I kind of, my job was sort of a sedentary one and I enjoyed sweating and being outside some. But I think as much as anything, I like the solitude of it, you know, just to get some headspace and, has some time to think and pray and just, you know, be away from anything else in, in those moments. So I was, I was out running one morning and uh, just really, I, I don't know, it was just kind of a, you know, sometimes I was, I was praying and thinking and, and uh, really kind of focused on really, really what this verse is talking about, what God was providing for me, had provided for, you know, the sufficiency of God in my life. And it was what, it was one of those times, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, I know I need to pray about this and you're like purposefully doing it. You know how you have those other times where God just like is kind of drawing you into this is what this is what I, what I want you to talk to me about. It was it was one of those moments for for me. And uh, as I was thinking that, as I was praying that, I came upon a, a coin laying on the pavement. And so, it's, and I picked it up and I thought it just it was just a reminder for me in that moment of the sufficiency of God that He was, and it, and it prompted me to think about what is God providing for me today that I need to be, that I need to be acknowledging. So I'm not superstitious. Uh, and I don't think that God's favor is measured by how many coins we find along the way in our life, right? His provision for us, how much we have, how much somebody else has, how little someone else has is not a measure of how much God loves him. I'm not, I'm not advocating that, but that, that moment for me, uh, you can't convince me it was anything other than, it was, it was like a wink from God, you know, or, 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 a, or a hug, you know, in that moment. It just, it just, I mean, it's just, and so it, I, I became conscious every time I found, I ran across a coin, I'd pick it up and I'd ask the question, you know, what is God, what is God teaching me today? What's God providing for me today? I've run a long way and I found a lot of coins. <laughs> uh, these I found, I put them in a, uh, in a drawer in the house now. The and this is not a coin. This is a dollar bill. I found a gift card one time. Also. <laughs> uh, this is like a source of retirement income for me. I think I found all these since uh, like since uh, quarantine. This is like eleven dollars and sixty cents. Found Lisa found two pennies this morning. Found twenty five cents this week. Some in San Antonio. Some important H's. The dime in the kid. It's out there, people. The money is out there. <laughs> So just keep your eye out for it. And when you find it, I mean, pick something else. You know, when you brush your teeth, when you get in the car, whatever, let something remind you to think about, uh, you know, God and what he's doing in your life. So that's what, that's what it became for me. And uh, I share that with my family, and I, th- I think we all kind of think about that. Um, and uh, So I'll come back to that in a minute. We'll look at another verse with you. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through uh, 10 says this, But godliness... With contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with those we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, and pierce themselves with many pains. So I think the takeaway probably on this one is uh, is love of money. You know, you know, this is not talking about money. Money in itself is not evil, 
but the, the greed uh, for more money, the love of money, the obsession with money uh, is, is pretty clear here. And it's the opposite of contentment, right? It's always needing more, always needing enough. So, so um, let's look at another one, Proverbs uh, 30. I really li- I like this verse. I spoke about Proverbs and mentioned this one uh, uh, a while back. Uh, but it says, Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of the Lord. It kind of has a, a tone of give us this day our daily bread, right? Uh, just give us what we need. We don't need, you know, I'm not looking for an abundance and beyond, but, but just, you know, provide for me what I need. And God, God is faithful in that. Uh, but it, but it, uh, so I, I sort of summarized that by, uh, we don't want to be on one side out of bounds of, of stealing, right? It cautions against stealing. And I, I'm going to say even coveting. You know, when Jesus spoke on adultery, when he spoke on, uh, murder, he likened adultery to lust, right? He likened murder to hatred or calling somebody a, a name, you, you know, uh, to indicate that they were, uh, not smart, right? I've forgotten the word in the scripture, but he equated those thoughts to the act itself. And so I think, you know, God is clearly concerned more with the heart than he is anything else. So I'm going to say even coveting, uh, if you're not, I don't know how, you, how many of you steal things, but I think we're all very capable of looking at things and, and thinking, oh, it would be nice. <clears throat> I'm glad you have that. I'd be gladder if I did, right? Uh, and then on the other side is, is this, uh, issue of forgetting God, you know, f- feeling that f- we in and of ourselves are sufficient. We don't need him. Uh, you know, we, we are clearly all capable of when we really have hard times going on or when we have somebody that we care about that's struggling, <clears throat> we get, uh, we, it, it's right that we should go to God and pray. But, um, we sometimes get really religious, you know, uh, the harder, you know, the deeper the valleys are that we go through. Um, and so I think this is a kind of a reminder, you know, that, uh, that we, we, we have to be focused on him and realize he's still God and he's still the God of our lives and he's still control even, even when we have a, an abundance and have to be careful. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more of my story on the coins. Um, about, um, Long time ago, fifteen years ago, it was about this time of year. Uh, Lisa's side of the family had a little reunion at the beach, and we went down. There was a few families, and we all gathered, and we um, played games, and we ate, and we went on the beach, and we ate, and we slept, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate, and there was a, there were a lot of biscuits and brownies and uh, homemade ice cream involved, and so uh, my niece, uh, some of you know. Um, on Lisa's side of the family, uh, she was she was kind of a runner too, and she said, "Hey, you want to go out on the beach and run?" So I was like, "Yes, you know." So we we went out to kind of I don't know if we were I think we were probably justifying calories rather than we were looking for exercise. So we went out and ran for a while, and so she said along the way, she said, "Hey, some friends." She was a student at A and M at the time, and she said, "Some friends of mine and I are training for the Houston Marathon in January." She said, "Once you uh, once you train with us, you can run it with us." And my immediate thought was. Well, one reason is I'm about twice your age. That would be a reason to not do that. And then I, and then I had this 
I didn't remember the story exactly, but I knew something of the story of the first marathon. Do you know that? It was a, there was a battle that the Greeks won in, in Marathon, and they had a messenger that ran from the battle all the way back to Athens to take the word, you know, around 20-some-odd miles, right, to bring the word of the victory to the magistrates in, in Greece. And uh, he delivered his message, and then he died. So I thought, yeah, I'll do it with you. <laughs> so, I, so I thought, yeah, I'll train it and see how it goes. And so, um, so she and I, uh, she was in for the holidays, you know, at Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and the winter break and all that. So we, we did some of our training together. And I told her the story about finding the coin. And she thought that was cool. And so we, uh, sure enough, you know, when you run that many miles together, you find coins. They're out there, I'm telling you. And so we, we found several, like a, a lot, you know, and, uh, we started getting up, you know, like enough, like a dollar, you know, there's enough money to buy something, right? Back then. And, uh, and so we, uh, so we, we decided, you know, what we would do is our, it was pull our money, whatever she found at A&M and whatever I found here. There's more money here, by the way, than there is up there. I found, I found more than she did, but, but we pulled our resources and we decided, uh, her name started with the A, mine with the W, and we both like root beer. So we decided we'd buy a can of A&W root beer with our money. And so we got that much money and then we kept finding more. And so we, so we both, we, we decided we both like peanut, peanut M&Ms and that would be our next financial goal is to acquire enough wealth to buy A&W root beer and peanut M&Ms. So we uh, amassed uh, $2 and one cent over that period of time in training. And uh, so I went, uh, I went to HEB and they had like two bags. They had special on M&M's. So I got a couple of bags of M&M's for a discounted price. And I stopped at the gas station at, uh, over close to our house and I picked up a can of A&W root beer. And I looked at the receipts. The combined cost of the M&M's and the root beer was $2 and one cent exactly the amount we needed. So I'm like, so, okay, so oh my, well, I can't believe it. Uh, it, it you know, it's just, it's just a story. It just happened. You can't convince me it was, it was, it was a coincidence, right? I mean, it was just kind of that continued theme of this, this uh, reminder that God is sufficient. You know, he provides what we need. Uh, I think he, if that hadn't worked out, if it had been $2.03, I think he still loves me, right? That's not the point. The point is, it was just a reminder of what I already know was true. It didn't prove anything. It was just a reminder of what was already already true. So let me keep going. Let's take another verse. Uh, Jeremiah nine twenty three, and I'll come back to that story. There's one more. There's one more chapter in the story. <laughs> Jeremiah nine uh, twenty three and twenty four. Uh, I, I ran across this. Uh, when I was reading the Bible in college one time, I was reading in James and it's talking about not boasting and a cross-reference back to this verse in Jeremiah. And I, I just fell in love with it. It's such a, such a great reminder. And it is so relevant today. It's, it's telling us not to boast. And the, you know, the things we would be inclined to boast about today are like what, what we have or our, maybe our physical ability or, or how, you know, smart we are. Now, this verse does not apply to children and it certainly doesn't apply to grandchildren. You can, Maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, maybe, okay, I think it probably does. Boasting is boasting. Uh, but uh, those are the same things like people are inclined to feel feel proud about. Or, 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 or I don't think it's just the boasting. It's to like to compare themselves to other people. And uh, we're going to talk about comparison. Man. There's a big danger in that, right? Uh, 
it, the, it either is going to elevate our sense of how important we are, how good we are, or it's going to diminish that to a point against the standard that's not even the standard. It doesn't matter. We're all just people, right? Um, so uh, that, that's a little, that was free. Uh, but but uh, this verse really uh, touches on that. It, it says, um, thus says the Lord. <clears throat> this is an otherwise very dark part of Scripture, and then all of a sudden it just throws in this this advice. Dark and and you know Jeremiah is you know it's it's just, it was a desperate time for the people. But he says this: Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches. But again, another redirection here. Here's the car keys, right? But let him who boasts boast about this: that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So on the soccer field, I put that up at the top. Boasting, and again, the root of the boasting is, you know, there's something behind that. It's us feeling proud or having an elevated view of ourselves relative to someone else that we have no business comparing ourselves against to to, uh, begin with, right? So... um, so that's what I had to start with. And I'm thinking uh, that, well, that well, there's one other uh, verse here. So, so I'm thinking, about, you know, the middle, middle ground maybe here. We're not supposed to do those things on the, you know, the fluent side. We're not supposed to do the things and wishing we had more. So maybe the middle ground is just being content with what we have. Maybe that's, maybe that's the takeaway. It is a takeaway, okay? Uh, but, but there's more. We're going to peel the onion back just a little bit. Um, in fact, there's this verse. I just read one a minute ago. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment's used a couple of times in that verse. Here's one that's familiar to us. Philippians 4.13. Uh, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Wouldn't that be great to, be, to, to learn that, to be able to do that? I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And I think Paul probably thought, I wonder what I could say right now that it looked great on a coffee cup or a T-shirt. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the only part of this we take away, right? I can do all things. But he's really talking about I can, I can you know, survive. I can live with abundance and need and still uh, have a steady uh spot in a steady relationship with the God. So we'll come back to that in a minute too, but let me tell you the rest of my story. Contentment is a slippery slope. Um, so here's my story. You, this, you heard the, the full version of it, right? And uh, I shared it with a few people. Uh, my son had some friends over spending the night. We were sitting around at breakfast. They were captive audience. They couldn't leave. They have to listen to my stories when they when they were growing up. So I said, I told them uh, there was a there was a friend that lived in our neighborhood, uh, was a year older than my son. They were like middle school age, and uh, so I told them this story about the pennies, and, you know, about, about finding the coins and and finding enough to buy the M and M's, and and uh, and this this kid's dad had also trained for a marathon and run it, uh, you know, a year or two before. And he listened and he thought, man, that, he goes, he goes, that's really, that's really cool. He said, my dad was training for a mar- marathon. And he found a diamond ring. I was like, wah, wah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like okay. 
That's a, that's a great story. <laughs> uh, but that's what, that's, what, uh, <laughs> that's what comparison does to us, right? It just sucks the, right, the wind right out of our own story uh, when we compare it to a story that doesn't matter. Uh, so let me, let's, let's talk about this contentment issue just a minute. Um, I, uh, Craig Cole is not here. Craig moved, Craig and Becky moved yesterday officially. They moved to other house, or this weekend. So if you hadn't had a chance to say goodbye to them, give them a text or I, I've got their number, but, uh, they, they were such great pillars here uh, in getting our church started. So I, I, uh, going to miss them. But Craig always made fun of me when I used a graph. So I need someone to volunteer to take Craig's place and make fun of me after the service for using the graph. Only one, please. Not uh, So, so. Uh, but I, I just put this together. Just I'm a visual person. It just kind of illustrates a point. Our contentment, uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about what you have. And we're talking about money. It could be any other thing that you value. So I have a, you know, a handful of things up here, but, but over life, uh, you know, we like for the curve to be going up right over time that we were able to get more of the things that we consider to be important to us. So where is the point of contentment? Is it when what you have reaches the point of what you need? That seems like contentment, right? When you have what you need. Great. But here's the, here's the tricky thing about contentment. What about what you want? What if what you want is more than what you have, so is contentment when what you have reaches what you want? Uh, maybe that's it, if what you want stays still, right? Or uh, maybe it's, uh, <laughs> maybe we don't always have as much as we used to have. Maybe our health or our ability physically is not what it once was, or maybe uh, maybe we don't have the job that we used to have, or maybe we don't live where we used to live, and it's not the, or the relationship that we had. So we've always got that reference point in the back of our mind, and when we have less than what we used to have, is that if we could get back to that, is that where contentment resides? And then there's this one. What about what other people have? <laughs> when it's more than what we have, it's the same uh, comparison trap issue, right? So... Um, I was, um, I got a few things here. So, so I would submit that contentment is not a bad thing and that, and that discontentment is, works against us. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw these points out to you. They're not, you know, some of them are scripturally based. Some of them are just some thoughts to ponder. So I'm going to just throw them out there and let you look at them. Um, because you may be struggling with discontentment. Maybe one, maybe there's a morsel in there that would be helpful. The stop comparing one. I think we've, Establish that. Uh, strike deserve from your co- vocabulary. Uh, you hear that in advertising. I, I, I despise that word. So let me, let me tell you this. You know what our, this was a few years ago, but the median household com, uh, income in the U.S. Uh, was like $60,000 or so. Maybe yours is more than that. Maybe it's less, but it doesn't matter. We're not comparing. That's, that's what, that's what we have in the U.S. We're all plus or minus that, right? We're in that ballpark. Uh, in the rest of the world, it's less than $2,000 a year, less than 2000 Like th- We are 30 times more influent than the average of, of the entire world. Thirty times. What's 30 times your current income? It's, you can't even imagine that. Well, the rest of the world cannot fathom uh, how wealthy <clears throat> you are if you're average here. Um, it, we're, we're like in the top 0.17% of, of wealth, if you are a median 
here, middle of the pack. So, um, deserve. I, I don't even. I don't, I don't even know why we use that word for anything. Um, so, give thanks. Uh, we're instructed to do that. Eventually, you'll feel thankful if you give thanks often enough. Uh, there's uh, uh, help someone that has less than you. That's a great way to turn your attention from what you don't have. Go on a mission trip. Uh, we're, we are st- think of your money as not something that you own. Never is. If you're a believer, uh, your life belongs to God. Everything you have, all of your time, all your resources, all your ability, and all of your money are his anyway. We're here to be stewards of it, not owners of it. Um, consider that uh, circumstances may not be choice. Our response is faith. Uh, when, when we are struggling with not having enough, faith is not... You know, desperate circumstances are not a bad thing for a person of faith. In fact, I submit that faith can only exist in the presence of uncertainty, right? If you know what's going to happen next, where is faith in that? So we we have the opportunity to grow in those times when we when we don't uh, feel like we have enough or everything's not going like we want it to. And then let you know, praise. Uh, Jesus started the Lord's prayer with praise, right? It gives us perspective on the size of our God relative to the size of our problem when we get focused on on Him. So I, I was still struggling a little bit on how to how to how to land this. Uh, Lisa and I were in a hotel room this this week in San Antonio, and I had I have a friend uh, we met about six months ago. Uh, he's a believer. Um, and who also happens to be a financial analyst and planner, and and I called him. I said, "Hey, I, I, I kind of framed out what I knew I was going to talk about." I said, "I said I'm I'm trying to find the final point though, and I, and I, when you just came to mind, I thought I'd just describe this to you and see what you thought." And he said, "Well, I just finished my book this week, and his book is titled The Insufficiency of Wealth." He said, "You know, contentment is is elusive." He said, "You," um, he said, "He said." Uh, uh, it, it's always moving, and we as humans, no matter what we have, we're always looking for a little bit more. It's, it's in our nature. He said, in fact, uh, if we're talking about contentment, it can't be found in what you have, what you possess, or how much money you have. Contentment as a believer, or as a person, is only found in being engaged in God's will and actively pursuing uh, his, his kingdom. That's where contentment resides. And... Uh, it's like, uh, and, and I thought he was saying that. It's like, you know, if 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 all we're thinking about uh, in this, you know, in this metaphor of this soccer field is where the boundaries are, that's like playing a game of soccer, and the whole intent of the game is keep control on the ball and don't let it get out of bounds. That's not soccer. That's keep away. I know some soccer games are like that, but follow. Uh, but but but. Uh, the, the point has got to be something other than just staying in bounds and not doing what we're not supposed to do. Christianity is not about don'ts. It's about a relationship. And so uh, when he said that to me, I thought, you know, if, if the teaching here is we just need to not go out of bounds one direction or the other, um, that's, uh, that's like a, uh, finding balance. That's, that's Taoism, right? Yin-yang. That's not what we're teaching. Or finding uh, contentment and moderation—that's uh, Islam teaches that. That's not what you're teaching. Um, and I thought, well, maybe it's uh, not too big, not too small, not too much, not too little, not too hot, not too good. No, that's Goldilocks and the Three Bears. That's not what we're teaching. Uh, there's more than that. There's more than that. And I and I went back and looked at these uh, 
these same verses. Um, uh, this is Kevin's book, by the way. You can get it on Amazon. I just I just noticed it. So I'm uh, if you want want to get more on that, I'll tell you later. I've read the book this week, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's very, very he's a very thoughtful guy and very uh, capable and uh, intelligent. But uh, you know, this is the issue with with uh, finding contentment in the wrong place. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also vanity. So look back at these, uh, these, these main verses that I was focused on here. If you miss this point, you miss the whole point. When Jesus was talking about not worrying, so, so <laughs> here's the issue. If we are the center of the universe and we have God at our access and our disposal so that he can help us with the things we want, the things we need, and serve our needs— we got it backwards, right? If God is the central issue and we are here to serve him and we are here because he created, created us to have fellowship with him, which is all true. That's the gospel. He made the way for that. Then it flips the whole, it flips the whole discussion. He didn't tell us to seek his kingdom as an antidote for worry so that it doesn't trouble us in our lives. He wants us to seek his kingdom and he just recognizes that worry is a distraction from that. So our objective in not worrying is not for our comfort, our contentment. It's so that we cannot be encumbered by that in our pursuit of his kingdom. The verse is about pursuing the kingdom. All the verses around it are about the kingdom of God. If we look at, uh, but godliness with contentment is a great gain, we can focus on the contentment if we want to, but godliness is the purpose of that. If we look at the verse in, uh, if we look at the verse in Proverbs, this is lest I be, um, lest I be full and deny and say, who, who is the Lord? He wants us to acknowledge who he is. He wants us to, uh, not profane his name, but to honor his name. You know, right? The inverse of that would be to, to honor and, uh, elevate his name. Uh, the verse in Jeremiah, he wants us, it's not just about, you know, boasting is unbecoming and people, you know, won't like you if you boast. It's about turning our attention toward understanding and knowing uh, him. So Kevin's, uh, Kevin's comment to me as, as we concluded our um, conversation was, was, was uh, pointed in that direction. Uh, we are content we were following the will of God. Uh, that's that's you know what I don't have a really great summary slide because I'm still learning, folks. I you know this is like coming to me in the last moments of really what this is about. So uh, I can I can uh, just encourage you to take the thought. Uh, I don't have anything for you to go do other than challenge you to try to think about the things that you normally think about differently. You're going to face a, a money situation somewhere this week, right? You're gonna uh, you're gonna face. Uh, um, issues of perspective on whether God is the central figure in your life or I am the central figure and God and everything else orbits about me, right? Uh, so uh, that, I think that's a challenge. Uh, you, you know what? I'm not responsible for teaching. I'm responsible <laughs> or telling you what to take from this. I'm responsible for, for uh, sharing with you the, what, what's on my heart and uh, doing that on the basis of Scripture. So uh, my prayer is that somewhere in there is a morsel that you you can take with you and uh, and uh, make a difference. Um, so let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for its uh, relevance in our life. We thank you that 
we don't have to think hard or, or look long to find, uh, find you just speaking to us and, and uh, teaching us. Father, I pray that you would help us to, to dig deeper and to, to challenge ourselves when our, when our thoughts and our attitudes are um, different than what you intend. I pray that you'd help us with the, with the issue of comparison. I pray that you'd help us with the issue of, of um, putting money and things and uh, other things that we value, even if it's not monetary, um, in, a, in a place that, that you belong in our lives. Uh, just thank you for uh, your presence here with us. I thank you for you uh, being our teacher and for opening our eyes to, to your truth. I pray that we would be faithful to uh, to live it out and to be uh, have our house built on solid foundation of uh, hearing your word and doing it. And I pray those things in Jesus' name. Amen.